Welcome to this Burlington Audio Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and inspired in your faith as you listen to this message. We'd love to hear what you think. Please be in touch with us through the website. More information and many more podcasts are all at burlingtonbaptist.org.uk. Thanks for listening. So when I first read this chapter, chapter 6, Mark chapter 6, I thought to myself, oh, excellent, easy. We know Mark chapter 6. It's, it's the bit about sending out the 12 disciples. Then we've got feeding the 5,000, walking on water. Brilliant, I thought. Um, easy peasy. So I started Googling old sermons. I thought this has been preached on loads. I can pinch some ideas. No problem. Um, then I stopped Googling and started praying. Um, and I said, God, what part of these passages um, is... Um, would you like me to preach on today? What is the message for Burlington today? And then suddenly it didn't seem so easy. Um, so that is the title of the talk. It's following Jesus isn't easy, and that's a shame, um, but we have to do it anyway. Uh, we're called to do it anyway. And this chapter is where we see, as Joseph read for us, we see Jesus sending out the 12 on mission. And in those few verses alone, we can see time and time again God's challenge but also his provision for us. And following Jesus, we have to accept the challenges in order to understand the provision that he has for us. Um, So I've broken it down into four challenges today. Um, And here we go. Firstly, uh, we are told to go in pairs. And that is a brilliant example of God's provision for us. We, We have a backup. We can take a friend. We don't have to be alone. There's always someone that can pray for us and to support us. Um, And we saw in what Sherry said this morning, the importance of that, working in a group with the rest of her team, is what makes it possible to do. So Jesus tells us to go in pairs, and that's his provision. But don't take any luxury items. No money, no spare clothes, no makeup, girls. No, No spare battery charger for your mobile phones. Don't book a luxury hotel room for along the way. God tells us to go with just what we've got. Don't take backup, because when we don't have backup stuff, that's when we rely on God. That's the challenge, but that's when we can see the provision, because we lean into him, and then we find out what he's really capable for. So that's the little 12 disciples. Um, So for me, there's taking your friend. Look, I've forgotten already. Uh, There we are, going out with your friend. Um, So for me, leaning into God's provision is really tricky. I am a massive control freak planner. Um, and if you'd looked in my work bag three years ago, you would have found all manner of stuff. I mean, my whole life was a massive, I pack my bag and in it I put type game. Um, so I pack my bag and in it I put a session plan, all nicely time-slotted, data at the top, printed out, and then also three or four emergency session plans, just in case. They look the same. They were all nicely typed out, but the date wasn't written in, so I could write that in on the day that I did it. Um, You would also have found four games in my bag, three Bibles, two sachets of coffee, and an emergency packet of biscuits. Uh, And these are the tools of my trade. But if you look in my bag now, you will find considerably less, much less. There's still the neatly typed out session plan, because, you know, that's just good sense. Um, There's one emergency one, but, but that, that's pretty much all. And not long ago, as I was driving to church, God said to me, I want you to abandon the session that you've got planned 
and I want you to talk on this. He said, the, the young people need to hear about this. And I said, no, I put the date in. You can't abandon it now. Um, and after a bit of bickering with God, um, I thought, no, I'll do, I'll do what he says. And we had the most amazing session, and the young people were really engaged, and they really enjoyed it. And you know what? I did the session the next week. I crossed it through neatly and put the date, and it was fine. <laughs> it was all right. Um, God challenges us, and if we step up to that challenge, uh, we become aware of his provision. And as we become aware of his provision, we understand his longing to be close to us, and his desire to work with us and through us. So that is the first challenge of today. Where are you struggling to trust in God's provision? Where is it that you're not sure God's going to provide for you today? Jesus is telling us to take nothing with us, to have no backup. What does that look like for you today? Is it money? Are you worrying about getting to the end of the month? Is it wisdom? Is there a difficult conversation that you're putting off having because you aren't trusting God to be there with you? Is it evangelism? Do you shy away from doing it because you're trying to do it in your own strength and therefore you can't? So in your heart, just take a minute to acknowledge what it is that you're struggling to trust God for. And when you've acknowledged what that is, just repent for that. Lord, I'm sorry that I'm trying to do that on my own, that I'm looking at the challenges and I'm not looking at your provision. In Mark 9, it says, Lord, I believe, help me with my unbelief. And we just pray that today. And the second challenge is the challenge of not letting your past define you. And that is a real challenge both for us now and for Jesus in his, term, in his time. And we learn in this chapter about the death of John the Baptist. And that was a massive blow for everyone following him. Lots of people were following John at this time. And also for Jesus, his cousin. As further evidence of the strength, I believe, of Jesus' conviction in what he was doing. Because the death of John the Baptist knocked him for six, um, but it didn't halt his mission. He withdrew, he prayed, and then he pressed on with what it was he was doing. But we also see in this passage the challenges we can experience closer to home. In verses 1 to 6, we see people questioning Jesus' wisdom and ability based on what they think they know about him. So they say, we knew him before. He's just a carpenter. We knew his mom. How good can he be? And they couldn't see past his past. And they used it against him. And I was wondering, as I, as I considered this, how often we use our past, successes and failures, and we live in the past. Um, so we base what we do now around something that we did 20 years ago. And that might have been a brilliant thing that we did 20 years ago. Or it might have been a terrible thing. But whatever it was, it's time to move on. 20 years ago, two years ago, you guys. And 20 years ago, didn't really do a lot. Um, so when I was younger, when I was a teenager, I hung out a lot with the footballers, the Ipswich Town footballer crowd. And I loved it. I thought I was cool. And they'd walk into nightclubs and things like that, and they'd go, don't you know who I am? And everyone would go, oh. And... And it was great. Obviously, we grew up, we lost touch. Um, but a few months ago, uh, with Jonah, I was at a football event, and some of those Ipswich Town boys, men, were there. And one of them still said, you know, 40 years old now, said, don't you know who I am? And one of the young boys, not Jonah, proud to say, went, that was ages ago, dude, get over it. <laughs> and I thought, it's quite right. Quite right. 
Because God asks us to move on, to try something new. He doesn't want us to live in the past, past failures, past successes. And we do that, don't we? We think, I can't be part of that missional community. I was an addict. I can't be part of Sherry's missional community. I don't have my children with me now. But God wants us to be part of that. We think to ourselves, I'm not taking advice from him. I've seen him lose his temper. I've seen him shout at his kids in Tesco's. I'm not going to listen to him. I think, I can't work with teenagers. I spent my teenage years in nightclubs with footballers. And we trip ourselves up over what we think we know about ourselves. And that prevents us from living in the identity that God has given us. And even Jesus felt limited. We see in this passage, Jesus felt limited by what it was people thought about him. And it says he could only do a few healings because of the limitations that he had. Um, So that's challenge number two for us this morning. Where are we letting our past define us? Are we doing something because we've always done it? Because we always did, so we always will, so we'll carry on. And do we become someone different when we're around other people? Because that's what's expected of us. Do we shy away from something because we tried it once and we didn't do very well at it? Jesus shows us that hard stuff happens, but that we need to press on anyway. We need to work through. Even after the death of his cousin, we see that Jesus had compassion for others, caring and moving forward. And he didn't harden his heart to protect himself, so neither should we. So let's just take a moment to acknowledge where we are living in the past, where you're letting past failures or even past successes define us. Where does God want us to move on, to try something new, to try something different? If we acknowledge this in our heart now, but don't let that slip away, pray on it this week, and just try something different. And when you know what it is that you're going to try, tell someone that you trust. Ask them to be there with you. Ask them to pray with you. And then as we're accountable to that person, that stops us from slipping back into bad habits. Number three, the challenge of being ready for what God wants. Before Jesus sent out his disciples, he spent a lot of time with them. He built them up. They knew what their God-given identity was. And in this way, he sent them out equipped. He gave them the power that they needed to do what they needed to do. And if we want the same, and we should want the same, we need to spend time with Jesus. We need to spend time in the word, time in prayer, both individually and part of our church community. Remember, Jesus didn't send us to go it alone. One of his most generous provisions he made for us is community. And Simon and Claire, over the last five weeks, they've been talking about the whole of Mark is an invitation to be truly on the inside, to understand what Jesus is doing. But that's not going to happen by accident. It's a deliberate choice, and it's hard work. It's not easy to follow Jesus, but we have to do it. We do it anyway. Um, And the second half of this chapter illustrates that brilliantly with us uh, through two stories that we're really familiar with. And even though we're really familiar with them, I think it's good to hear them again, because as we've just learned, familiarity sometimes just leads us to not concentrate. So we've got two young people who are just going to come and read those stories for us now. Alice, are you ready? And Isabella? Mark 6, verse 30 to 44. The, apostle, the apostles gathered round Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. 
Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. And many who saw them leave and recognised them and ran on foot from all the towns and got them ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw a crowd, he had a compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching many, them many things. By this time it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send the people away so that they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. The aunt said, you give them something to eat. They said to him, that will take eight months of a man's wages. Are we going to go and spend that much on bread and give them it to eat? How many loaves do you have, he asked. Go and see. When they found out, they said, five and two fish. Then Jesus directed them to, all, to, to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven. He gave thanks and broke the leaves, loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to set before the people. He also divided two fish among them all. They all lay and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up twelve basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. The numbers of the men who had eaten was 5,000. Mark 6, verse 45 to 51. Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the Bethesda while he dismissed the crowd. After leaving them, he went up onto the mountainside to pray. When evening came, the boat was in the middle of the lake, and he was alone on land. He saw the disciples straining at the oars. Because the wind was against, was against them, the fo- about the fourth watch of the night, he went out to them, walking on the lake. He was about to pass them, but when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought it was a ghost. They cried out because they saw, all saw him and were terrified. Immediately he spoke to them and said, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Then he climbed out into the boat with them and the wind died down. They were completely amazed. Okay, I just wanted to take the time to reread those stories uh, because there's a danger when we think we know something. And when we're familiar, we stop looking and we make a judgment and we miss the wonder of what's going on. Um, And sometimes I think we do that with familiar parts of the Bible. So when I first realized that this was what I was going to be preaching, I was like, yeah, easy. And we tend to think, oh, yeah, I know know Jesus can feed 5,000 people. Yeah, I know know he can walk on water. Yeah, I know that. So what? I was like, what? (laughs) Have we missed how amazing these things are? Have we forgotten the details and the wonder? And when we've missed the point, then we're not getting the most out of the story. So I just wanted to revisit those. And we can see in both those stories how Jesus brings both challenge and provision. And the provision always comes, but it's in his timing. So it's not always exactly when we want it. Um, So that is challenge number four. Uh, The challenge of taking responsibility for our own growth. Um, The challenge for us to take responsibility for leaning in to that provision. So the reason that the provision doesn't always come when we want it is because God is committed to growing us up, to maturing us in our faith. And he wants us to grow and be mature and develop 
in the way that we're living our lives. And we know that because it's frequently mentioned in the Bible that God wants us to mature. My eyes aren't good enough to read them, so I doubt yours are. But um, that's, those passages uh, are talking about being mature in our faith. And God being the perfect parent, he knows how to do that. And those of you that have been parents, you'll, you'll understand a bit of that. And if you've been parents to a toddler, you love that toddler. You think they're great. But you don't want them to stay like that, do you? You don't want them to always be like, you know, you'd like them to use a toilet at some point. And, and God's the same. He loves us, but he wants us to grow and he wants us to develop. And he does that sometimes by withholding the provision for a, a little while. And I think, you know, as a parent, I've tried several attempts at that in order to teach my children to grow and mature. And parents of teenagers, that whole could you please pick your dirty clothes up off the floor and put it in the clothes basket challenge. So every now and then I think, okay, I'll teach them. and won't wash anything that's not in the dirty clothes bin. So then Thursday morning comes and they go, I haven't got any clean uniforms. And I go, that's strange. I've washed everything in the clothes bin. And they go, oh, it's here on my floor with those dirty cotton buds and yesterday's homework. And, and I'm hoping that by withdrawing that with provision for a little while, I'll teach them to put things in the dirty clothesbin. Um, Because we don't want our children to grow up like this man in this clip here. So did you say you were going to make dinner? I couldn't remember. (sighs) What? I just wish you'd take some initiative and cook your own dinner for once. I've been at work too, you know. And now I get to come home and pack the dishwasher and then unpack the dishwasher and cook dinner and put the washing on. And you know what? I can't continue to live like this because it's not me. Hey, 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 relax. It's going to be all right. How? Here, I'll just show you. Okay, I've been doing this since you moved in. See this basket thing? I don't know how it happens, if it's the house or what, but any dirty clothes you put in this basket, somehow, the next day, they're just clean, folded, and in a perfect pile on your bed. You're not serious. I couldn't believe it at first either, but it just keeps happening. That's why I didn't tell you. I didn't want to jinx it. You are insane. Try it. You'll see. Unless it's only chosen me. See, I don't know. I can't do this. No, wait. There's other things too. Plates, cutlery, pizza boxes, dirty tissues, anything you leave on this coffee table just vanishes overnight. I mean, sometimes I'll see how far I can push this thing and I'll just leave it everywhere. And then sure enough, the next day... It's all gone. It's just vanished. It's magic. No, she wouldn't have left me. This is what I think happened. I heard her get up in the middle of the night to get a drink or something. She must have fallen onto the magic coffee table and just vanished. Are you insane? No, he's not insane. I've got the same coffee table at home. (laughs) It's a good clip, but you don't want to be parents to them. Uh... So this is a picture of my Izzy, who I mustn't be too mean about because she put together this PowerPoint for me in an eighth of the time it would have taken me to do it, uh, barely without concentrating. And Izzy is in many ways a wonderful child. She's really helpful and kind, uh, but she is incredibly absent-minded. She lives in her own little world, which I think is a lovely, lovely place. Um, I'll give you an example of that. There was once a primary school. We were halfway to school before she said, do you think it matters I've only got one shoe on? Yeah, yeah, I think, I think it does. 
yes. Now, Izzy has to wear glasses for school. Um, and I spent her primary school years finding her glasses, mending her glasses, cleaning her glasses, taking her glasses into school because she'd forgotten her glasses. And eventually, when she started high school, I said, no, no more. Your glasses, your responsibility, your problem, your headaches. Um, and you know what? A couple of headaches later, she is walking out. <laughs> Good timing. <laughs> A couple of headaches later, she is more than capable of remembering her glasses. Um, and God has grown her up in that. She, she takes her glasses. She has her spare pair in her locker that she's thought of herself in case she forgets her glasses. And she is more than capable of doing that. And this is what um, God is trying to do. The provision was always there. The glasses were always there. She just had to learn to access it. Um, And Jesus challenges the disciples in the feeding of the 5,000 to access the provision. And he knows he's going to do it. He knows he's going to help them. But he's challenging them to make them mature, to help them to grow up and to move on. And he understands that each challenge successfully negotiated uh, brings empowerment. Um, And it's the same with the walking across the water. He leaves them struggling in the waves for a short time, not because he's cruel and heartless, uh, but because he's struggling. He knows that struggling builds our strength. And he wants us to have a mature and strong faith. Um, So the provision always comes, but it comes with a challenge. And with a mature and strong faith, we can lean into the challenge, waiting for the provision to come. So following Jesus is hard, but we do it anyway. And in both these stories, um, we see people running miles to get to Jesus. We see them carrying their sick. We see them staying late on a hillside um, with no knowledge of whether or not they're going to eat. And we've got so used to our comfortable lives that I wonder whether we're just expecting Jesus to come to us rather than putting ourselves out there to go to him. And I would love to see a miracle. I'm pretty sure that everyone here would love to see a miracle. But am I willing to pick up my sick friend and drag them across the country? Am I willing to put myself out for a miracle, to step out in faith? Am I willing to risk missing tea? That's, that's the last challenge for this morning. Are we taking responsibility for our own growth and our own action? Are we hearing God? And in order to hear God, we need to be actively listening because it won't happen otherwise. Are we acting in obedience when we do hear God? Or are we hiding behind something else, someone else? Are you taking responsibility for your Bible knowledge? Or are you expecting to get it all here on a Sunday? Are you taking responsibility for when you pray? Or do you just wait for someone else to suggest that you should? Only you will decide how much you grow. And you have to just go for it. And it isn't easy, but we have to do it anyway. So we have to acknowledge now what you're going to change this week in order to grow in faith. Think about what it is that has slipped or has changed. And the beauty of this challenge is it doesn't matter where you are with God, there's still somewhere to go. Is it that you need to spend more time in your Bible, more time with your community? Is it that you need to commit to a community? Stop hanging around the edges and dive in. Are you going to use version and read a Bible study? Are you going to increase your prayer life? Are you going to meet up with that person that you promised you'd pray for three weeks ago? Whatever it is, just tell the person next to you now what it is. 
Okay, there's a reason I asked you to tell the people next to you, partly to see if you're still listening, but mainly because in voicing it out loud and telling someone else, uh, you can be accountable for each other. So next week, when you come into church, you can say, hey, did you do that thing? And then if you don't, (laughs) Harriet just kicked the car seat, but luckily there's no baby in there, so that's fine. (laughs) God calls us to do this, to step out into faith, and not to take a security blanket with us, to trust in him. We mustn't expect him to do all the running, but do as he says, and trust that he is right there with us. Know that each struggle brings new strength, and that his provision is never far away. And this is our God-given identity. With him, we can do it. If we can keep hold of that in the midst of the busyness of life, in the midst of the struggles and of the joy, then will we have all we need for mission, for miracles, and growth. And I believe that Burlington can become more and more a center of all three of these if we all play our part. Let's raise our hopes and our hearts and let's step out in faith, knowing that God does have our back. And wouldn't it be amazing if we could see miracles and healings on a daily basis? Now, verse 5 in this chapter says, all he could do was some healings. Um, And I'm praying for a day when we go home one Sunday and sit down for lunch and go, no, there was only a few healings. It was a bit of a boring day. Let's reach out for that with real hope and real expectation. Let's pray. Lord, I'm sorry for when I let the opposition define me. I'm sorry for when I listen to others limiting me and I believe them instead of believing you. Sorry for the times when I doubt myself when I try to depend on my own strength instead of leaning into your provision. Sorry, Father, for the times that I'm not prepared to go the extra mile for a miracle. We want to mature in faith, Lord. We want to progress with you. We understand your challenge to help us to this end. Thank you that you love us, that you have bigger and better plans for us. Lord, we trust you. Send us out, direct us, challenge us, and mature us, that we may be better servants to you. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Let's just um, 